Welcome to the AAPIs at Oakton podcast, where we talk about all things related to the Asian American Pacific Islander community at Oakton College. My name is Deer and I am your host. In this episode, we are continuing our conversation with Dr. Mary Danigo from Cal Poly Pomona to talk about what it means to be an Asian American Pacific Islander serving institution. One of my observations is that the college is trying to figure it out how to build a sense of campus pride, a sense of community during the COVID time. We got this designation in 2020, right? But then we're working from home. So it's hard to celebrate this milestone and showcase of how we became an MSI through this designation. And and that leads to my next question is, can you tell us on what do you think it means to be an Asian American Pacific Islander serving institution? Well, it, it means that you have a significant body of students, mm-hmm. you know, who are Pell Grant, Pell Grant eligible, um, as well as, you know, just in terms of demographics that you need to attend to, right? That right. we need to provide support for. Um, I think it's about visibility. You know, I think um, I think one of the key things that universities should do is be very proud on their website saying, hey, we're an on a PC campus, because that is the very first thing a lot of, if you're looking in your Chicago area, and if there are other Asian American students in the area who are looking for a community college to call home that can help them transition, they're going to see that on the website and feel like this place is welcoming to me. Mm-hmm. And I think folks who have privilege, you know, uh, racialized privileges may not quite understand what it means to not feel seen or not feel heard or not feel welcomed, right? People may not understand what that may look like, including a lot of the unconscious biases that people have toward you know, Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders, right? So I think having on the website is one of the biggest gestures, you know, I want our campus to do it too. We are dual designated campus, you know, we're on a PC and HSI and many campuses can have multiple designation, but you can only get grants from one of them. Right. And usually what people do is they tend to get the grant from the ones that can get the most money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Always about the money, sadly, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think what it means is that there's a responsibility you know, for universities to not just have that designation, say we got the grant, but now what are you going to do about it, right? How are you going to have a public, very open, you know, visible message saying that we serve this community? Mm -hmm. And then, then the university has to decide and the colleges have to decide what does that mean to serve the community? You know, what, what does that mean? Right? So I would argue that you need to have staffing, right? Where students who are coming in can see people who look like themselves mm-hmm. and having experiences that reflect their biographies. Because I think one of the things that some people may have um, a biggest mistake, right? Is that, okay, we're Asian American. And let's say if communities are largely Southeast Asian Hmong or Vietnamese, and then you have someone who is Korean, you know, or Japanese. Yes, they're Asian, but, and there's more similarities and not, right, than if they weren't Asian American. But if you did have other Southeast Asian folks there, like how much more meaningful is that, right? Right. Um, you know, and if you're Thai and you have a Thai person, it's like, it's so different, right? It's just like, 
it, I know students love, like when they, when they're Asian American, they see me, they're like, oh, we have an Asian American professor. But then if they also know that I can speak the same language as them, or I've been to their country, or I am that group, there is a level of more like trust and faith in the institution that, you know, they really do care about who we're going to interact with, who we're going to learn from, you know, who's going to care for, as a parent, you know, think who's going to care for our kids, right? Do they understand our culture? Do, do they understand um, traditions of mourning, especially during COVID, right? Or traditions of celebrations without having to explain it so much. So I think universities with the designation have a responsibility to be visible, to have representation, right? And meaning faculty and staff, um, recruit, recruiting more students, right? Making yes. sure that students come in, making sure that the curriculum um, and programming on campus is not only during API Heritage Month, right? Yeah. It's an ongoing, um, intentional, you know, and conscientious effort to make sure that it's woven throughout the whole year, right? And it's woven throughout messaging, right? Like, every, you know, I think one of the best things that I've seen recently is the land acknowledgement, right? That we've seen of making sure that we know where why we're here and whose land we sit on. I think that's really important to always start with a land acknowledgement. And in that spirit is always making sure we name Asian American and Pacific Islander students when we talk about issues that relate to our campuses. So there's a responsibility. I think that's what on a PC really is, is like, okay, now what? You got this grant, now what you gonna do? You know, like right. show actions, not just um, titles. <laughs> Right. And, and I think we have to think beyond the five year because folks probably want to know what the college is going to do to institutionalize some of the grant initiatives. I know that we will be working on our strategic plan this year. And at the college, we often talked about equity. But right now, we don't have an equity coordinator whose work is to provide intentional support and services to API students. And currently, we only have two equity coordinators whose time and effort are focusing on Latinx and Black students. And these two are great colleagues, by the way. Are you also an HSI institution? Currently, Oakton is not eligible for Hispanic-serving institution designation. Mary and I talked about the possibility of Oakton becoming a dual designation since Latinx is the second largest racial and ethnic minority group on campus. So we're going to pick up the conversation where Mary talked about coalition building, specifically in the context of Asian and Latinx, the two largest immigrant populations in the United States. If you look at communities, if Chicago is anything similar to what's happening in Southern California, you know, when you look at or just historically, a lot of immigrant communities tend to live in the same spaces, right? right. So you have like Latinos and Asians living in certain areas and communities together and building communities together. And ultimately what happens is you're gonna have a larger number of Latinos, right? You're gonna have folks who are multi-ethnic, mixed race. You know, there's Mexipinos, like Mexican and Filipinos in certain border areas. And in our area, we have Latinos, you know, like lots of different Latinx communities with different API communities that end up having beautiful children together, right? And right. so. 
um, I think, yeah, I think, I think that's really awesome that, you know, if you have that dual designation, being able to work together and build coalitions, because that's what it's about. I think one of the things that folks should be mindful of, and I'm sure, you know, I know you are, and I hope other people are as well, is that it's not a competition. You know, it's not about like, we have this, so therefore we can do more. It's not about that. It's really about, we have this and let me help you get yours too, right? Let's try to find a way to ensure that we support our community and our community is all of us that are in it. Because I think the more educated people are about Asian American and Pacific Islander issues, you know, it benefits our communities, API communities for sure, but it benefits everybody, right? And when you begin to see the synergy and the, you know, the opportunities to build together, I think it just benefits everyone. So I hope folks begin to see that it's not a competition about who can take what. It's not about that because this grant can help your whole campus, you know, Um, and in the community. I mean, I think there's a responsibility of higher education to not only just be insular and think about just the college campus, but what can we do to help our community largely, right, in that area, whether it's through internships, right, whether it's through service learning type of projects or high impact um, practices. There's so many different ways to support our community at large. And, you know, I think one of the examples in um, LA, there is, there used to be Korean Immigrant Workers Association that used to be called Kiwa, and it was originally designated to help with Korean workers. But that organization now helps more Latinos than Koreans. Mm. You know, they've they've kind of changed the acronym of their their group. But I think that's the thing that people have to realize that we're for those of us who want to serve our community, we don't discriminate, right? We we want to serve our community, and if if we can partner, that's even better. But it's without minimizing the need for Asian Americans, the Pacific Islanders, because we always are kind of put on the sidelines. I mean, think about it, it took us forever to have this designation, right? After 1965, it wasn't until 2007 that we even got a designation. So when you think about that, we, we tend to, I, this is a great thing about Asian Americans, right? We, we want it, we're very collective minded. We want to help support each other and elevate. But I would say, we should also be unapologetic about Asian American advocacy and Pacific mm-hmm. Islander advocacy. Like it doesn't mean we're going to minimize and dismiss the needs of our community because there are many, right? There are lots of issues facing our communities that folks need to be aware of too. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's an interesting dance, you know, that we have to play. Yeah, you know, it's about building solidarity, right? It's not about us versus them. I think as the college, we haven't had a chance to sit down and collectively talk about what this designation means and what we need to do to elevate it. Um, So as we're wrapping up the call today, Mary, are there any last words of wisdom or advice that you'd like to share with us? I I think one of the things is kind of managing expectations too. You know, you do have five years. It's a marathon and not a rate, like a sprint, right? So I think if the more folks who could partner with you as you are kind of helping to lead this initiative, right, with, with the designation at your college, is to know that if there is a plan to implement or do things, make sure there's long-term support for it. 
um, on a PC grant gives you the start and to kind of like the fire to get that fire going, but the institution has to invest in it as well. And I think if there is more support to get additional grants, if that's how the you know community colleges have to kind of work toward, that's sadly the reality for a lot of our community colleges. But also if there is a prioritization as they're doing the strategic plan, how do you prioritize institutionalizing efforts that you're all kind of putting forward, you know, to ensure that Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders are always um, included in that conversation. It's not an afterthought, right? It should just be a natural. Like as we're talking about communities of need, Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders should always be a part of that conversation. And I think that people will automatically think of, um, you know, the other groups, right? Because, yeah. you know, but I think, I think the Anapizi designation is awesome because it shows that there's a need, right? Mm-hmm. That they would not have given you this grant, this five-year grant, if they did not recognize a need to do something. So I would just say, I hope that the institution and all the partners on your campus will support the effort as a collective effort, right? And it's not just an, uh, you know, AAPI effort, but it is a campus-wide effort that everyone should be proud of, right? It's like you have momentum and you have some resources to do something about it. The hard part is, okay, now what are we going to do about it? And invite, you know, give you additional support beyond what the grant gives you is what I would say. You know, if there are ways to provide more support outside of the grant, um, you know, if there's a way to elevate students by having them become interns, you know, with you or assistants, um, maybe ha- even offering faculty re- reassign time so they can develop curriculum, you know, to kind of think about it, bring in guest speakers or have a, you know, co- little mini conference of some mm-hmm. kind, you know, but I think it should be in partnership with this grant. I mean, that's the thing I would like to highlight so you don't end up utilizing all of the funds is like to show a commitment. Like if you're truly commitment, is it only when there's a grant or are you truly committed for the long haul? And so I would just hope that your campus will continue to provide that support. They did so by applying for the grant, but really, you know, like walk the talk, right? Right, you know, and yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, you know, we're in year two and so we, it's a, it's a sprint, it, no, it's a marathon. Not a sprint. It's a marathon. The pandemic really put the college at a late start because I didn't come to this role until July 2021. I wonder if there's a way to ask for kind of an extension because of COVID. I'm sure there are some things that you all can do, you know, that um, in terms of outcome expectations, I think it's also like, how are you responding, responding to COVID and how are you thinking about it? A lot of that is not just with your campus all around the nation. So um, I don't think you're late. I think you're where you're supposed to be with the current situation that we're all in, right? So I wouldn't think that you're actually late. I think you're where you should be. You're probably maybe even a little ahead of the game because despite all the stressors that are out there, um, you are, you know, sprinting a little bit right now. So that Mm -hmm. way you can catch up to the marathon, right? And but the good thing is everyone is sprinting right now. You know, mm-hmm. so you're not like, it's not like the marathon's all ahead and you're in the back sprinting, right? Everyone is sprinting, sprinting. right now. 
Um, but I think it's more like, okay, let's think about how do we pass the baton so you don't end up getting overwhelmed and burnt out and things like that. It's like, how do you help with well-being of our community so that folks, you know, feel supported, you know, and that they don't feel like they're doing it by themselves. I mean, I'm looking the tarot cards that are behind me as part of the Asian American Literary Review Group that Lawrence Bowie, who's at the Smithsonian, and Mimi um, Kik, who they they um, co-edit this, and one of the series is really great because it's part about mental health and Asian American and mental health. And I think right now, more than ever, it's really needed, you know, with the anti-Asian hate that's happening and um, COVID and then just the everyday struggles of students and, you know, community colleges. Um, These tarot cards are great. So if you all get a chance, I I would also, you know, ask the institution to subscribe to different journals Mm -hmm. so that way you can begin to build your library. Um, Asian American documentary series, ADOC they have some awesome documentaries, you know, that you can begin to have in your library for folks to be able to either stream or borrow, you know? And so I think there are fun ways, right. That folks become informed and educated about issues of Asian Americans and, you know, and just not to have it as just a annual or situational thought is my biggest message is please make sure that is integrated into the mission and vision of the campus community and in the next strategic plan. You know, it should just be kind of an integral part. I think that's the most important thing I would say. Wow, thank you so much for your time, Mary. uh, I always love listening to you because you always drop the mic and like always bring me new ideas, help me spark new ideas and ways I can do my work better. So um, thank you so much for your time, Mary. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's my pleasure. And that's it for today's show. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Mary. Join us again on our next episode. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you all next time.